Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, presented by Universal Windows Direct of Syracuse. This is On the Block. How about that for a big voice man announcement to get this hour going? This is Radio. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. It's certainly a gorgeous day in uh, Central. I saw, you know, actually during the the, uh, little break we had there, I looked outside some clouds out there. But, I mean, come on, it was pouring rain yesterday. God bless those people that go to the fair and just get poured on, right? I'm going to see Boy George no matter what. So uh, shout out to those of you that did uh, brave the fair rains yesterday. But uh, today certainly a better day to go and some great days to come. And the fair is here. Football is here. Tomorrow you're going to wake up. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be September. Play the song, right? Cue up the earth, wind, and fire. Let's go. I'm ready. You're ready. We're all ready. Football. Pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin beers. It's all here. I mean, I've been drinking those for months, but, you know, the rest of you fair weather fall fans, get get on the uh, the wagon tomorrow. Let's go. So, anyway, um, I'm going to do my best here to do what our guest was going to do. So, we were going to have a guest today. It just didn't work out. At least, I mean, we got another hour. Maybe uh, that'll change. But uh, we will certainly hear from our mystery guest at some point, I believe, I think, I hope. At some point over the next couple of days, and don't forget our pregame coverage starts at 5 o'clock live from Shaughnessy's on Saturday, right up until kickoff. So uh, plenty more opportunities to break down Louisville here. But I was on um, ESPN Louisville yesterday and always happy to go on with uh, our friends uh, Andy Sweeney and Bob Velvano and Mark Ennis and Mike Rutherford. There's a lot of great media people in Louisville. Louisville is an interesting market. In It's not a pro sports town, but the way that they present and talk about Louisville, it feels like it. There's a lot of media people that cover that team. It's big time. They cover not only Louisville, but Kentucky, right? There's that whole Kentucky aspect there. And it's, it's a really interesting market. And if you've ever been to a game at the, do they still call it the KFC Yum Center? I, mean, I don't even know. I mean, it's a spectacular building. And, you know, for a while there, they're, they're Louisville football, I mean, they had a good run there. And not that they're off the map here, but by their standards, you know, they got a taste of that success. And you have a Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, when he was there and, you know, being into contention for the ACC, going to some big-time bowl games. There was that run there where Louisville and Rutgers kind of went back and forth in the Big East before um, both teams went their separate ways from the Big East, Rutgers to the Big Ten, Louisville to the ACC. And Louisville football has had some moments here and has players drafted and recruits well, and they just haven't been as consistent at the top of the league, winning the league as you would think, given the amount of coverage and resources that they have. So that's my long-winded way of saying the spot that they're in and the feeling in Louisville is certainly angst, 
It's a prove-it year for Scott Satterfield. But, man, the sense that I'm getting, and I wanted to ask our guest about this, and I certainly will when we do get this person on at some point this week and the other Louisville guests we're going to talk to and, and some other people that cover the league really well over the next couple of days. And As a matter of fact, our friend David Hale from ESPN is going to be on at this time tomorrow, so I'll, I'll ask him this too. But I'll tell you what, I have sensed a real arrogance coming from Louisville, a real entitlement coming from Louisville. And here's what I mean by that. So I was talking to Andy Sweeney on his radio program the other day, and he brought up the fact just almost, you know, aghast at the fact that people were picking Syracuse to win this game. Bob Velvano, ESPN Louisville, tweeted something on his show account. They were talking to our friend Andrea Adelson from ESPN. They were rattling off some predictions too. Basically just stunned that people were picking Syracuse to win this football game. And on and on it goes. So I'm kind of intrigued by that. So on one hand... You have a coach who's on the hot seat. You completely tanked at the end of last season, not tanked in terms of losing on purpose, just the whole season tanked. They got railed by Kentucky at the end of the year. Remember when Syracuse played Louisville, like they kind of knew they were going to a bowl game but had to lock it down, and then they get the bowl bid by winning the sixth game, and then Kentucky just trucks them. And then they lost in their bowl game. I forgot who they played in that bowl game off the top of my head. So they finished with a losing record. At six and seven. So on one hand, you're you're a program that record wise is level with Syracuse right now. Syracuse was however you want to put it, a play, a win, a game away from a bowl game last year, essentially being the same as you. Yet you're looking down on Syracuse as if you're the defending ACC champion, as if you're Clemson at its peak, right? Whatever analogy you want to use here. Now I get that Louisville has owned Syracuse in this series. There's no getting around that. The last two games have been decided by a combined score of 71-3. to Right? Is my math? Boys, check my math on that. Okay, make sure I'm right about that. But it's whatever it is, it's pretty bad. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. I think it was 30 to nothing two years ago and 41-3 to last year. Right? Since both of these teams went to the ACC, Syracuse has defeated Louisville approximately one time. That was in 2018, the magical 2018 season where everything went right. And as I said in the monologue last hour, winning fixes everything. Okay, All these attendance things people talk about, it just win, and it's the ultimate elixir. The buzz, the feeling that people got, the have-to-be-there event feel of two years ago, you know what that was? They were good, and they had a star quarterback, and they won football games. And you believe that if you went to a game and invested in it, they were going to win. Solves all problems. So all that said about Louisville, hey, Malik Cunningham, this guy's a stud. Now, he's not quite on Lamar Jackson-like levels yet, but he's really good. He is one of the best multi-purpose players in the country by halftime. Now, go back, look at the box score from last year. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll do exactly what I'm, I'm talking about right now. So just give me a second here. I'm going to pull up the box score from last year. And when you look at Malik Cunningham's numbers, 
I mean, there's one category that pops, certainly. But a quick glance of it, it's not like you're looking at just these gobsmack numbers. But he was so darn efficient in the first half of that game, leading, I believe it was, I'm just pulling it up right now so we can just have the numbers in front of me here. All right, here we go. So last year, Malik Cunningham, 13 for 18, 209 yards, four touchdowns, including a 41-yard pass. These are good numbers. They're not knock-you-over numbers, but the efficiency of that, the lethalness of that, quick strikes, four touchdown drives, two other scoring drives that ended in field goals. Remember, Syracuse scores first last year. Okay, let's go back to... Now, Louisville did score first. I, I stand corrected. So, Cunningham, six-yard touchdown, 7 nothing. Syracuse answers with a scoring drive that ends in a 43-yard field goal by Andre Schmidt. Remember, at that time, Andre Schmidt just wasn't as um, reliable as he normally is, but he hit that. 7-3. to three. Then, Cunningham to Harrell, 33 yards, 14-3. That's still in the first quarter. Second quarter, Cunningham to Amari Bruce Huggins, who was being touted as one of the next kind of breakout wide receivers. He's their leading receiver coming back, and that's an interesting position at Louisville. They lost a bunch of guys at wide receiver, but they brought in a lot of transfers at wide receiver as well. But he catches a six-yard touchdown, 21-3. Cunningham to Watkins, 41 yards, 28-3. Cunningham again to uh, Huggins-Bruce. I think I got his name wrong. Pardon me. Where are we at now here? 35-3. We're not even at halftime yet. (laughs) It's 35-3. And the game was over just like that. Mikel Jones got thrown out for a bonus, uh, pardon me, bogus ejection. And that was just the game everything fall apart. There's a game every year where nothing goes right, and it happened to be Louisville, and it's been Louisville a lot. The year before that, now the 2020 COVID year, that team was ravaged by injury, and I'm not trying to make excuses here, but just to put it into context, 30 to nothing. And Syracuse and Louisville have played so often late in the year, game eight, game nine, game 10, half the roster is either on the injured list or playing through owies, and it just hasn't been an even matchup. But, look, the key to last year is Louisville came out, punched Syracuse square in the nose, and the Orange were stumbling the whole game and never recovered from it. This is a home game where both teams are healthy. Syracuse is going to have some wrinkles that Louisville hasn't seen. I'm sure Louisville is going to have some wrinkles Syracuse hasn't seen, but that has to be more of a tactical advantage for Syracuse because What's Louisville going to do? It's the Malik Cunningham show. They've got new receivers they got to incorporate. They've got a great running game. That's a lot different than Syracuse's running game because it's by committee. They have four running backs that could get the football, including Jawar Jordan, by the way, former Syracuse running back, who's also on special teams, so you don't want him burning you there as a kick returner. Syracuse is the Sean Tucker show. But I just don't get this arrogance. I just don't get this entitlement. I just don't get huh, How dare you pick Syracuse? I mean, let, let's look at it here. Quarterback, certainly advantage Louisville. But Garrett Schrader can run. Garrett Schrader is comfortable in this offense. 
Garrett Schrader has, I look, it's he's not going to walk out there game one and have Robert and I's offense down to a, a T, but they've had a lot of time to prepare for this game, and they know what Garrett can handle and what he can't, and the wrinkles of Dan Valari at receiver, Aronde Gatson at tight end, don't tease me with a good time, I I tweeted at Tim Tebow today because he asked when I was it wasn't just me I think he was asking other people but I felt like it was personal so what are you excited about for this year's college football season and I said Tim this is it they're gonna throw to the tight end remember when you were a tight end of the National Football League when you suppose you were a quarterback anyway different topic for a different day I tweeted at Tebow you better throw to the tight end but. Obviously, advantage Louisville at the quarterback position. Running game is total advantage Syracuse. Offensive line, definitely Louisville. It's one of the best offensive lines in the ACC for returning starters, but Syracuse's offensive line has a lot of experience back, too. They're not banged up. Again, most of the time they've played Louisville the last 10 years, that offensive line is a shell of itself. At least it's from left to right, the offensive line it should be. In game one, everybody's fresh. Okay. Receivers, it's a wash because both teams are looking for receivers. Standouts. We mentioned Huggins Bruce, who's still there and is a great talent. Syracuse doesn't have that pop talent. Courtney Jackson was the leading receiver, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a number one receiver. And again, it's no offense to any of these guys, it's just a lot of young players. They're trying to find the right combo, and who will take advantage of this air raid? And I say that hesitantly, but the the juice and the pop that Robert and I is going to try and put in this offense, every player we've talked to through preseason, when we ask them, hey, what are you excited about with this offense, and what do you see without giving away details from this offense, they all say the same thing. Man, we're going to throw the ball. We'll see. you got to have receivers to throw the ball. There's talent there, but I don't think, if anything, I'd give a slight edge to Louisville in that department, but they don't have the only returning receiver they have who was a top five receiver last year, because like, like I said, a bunch of guys went in the portal, is Huggins Bruce, who did play against Syracuse last year. So I guess I'll give them a slight advantage there. Okay. Louisville's defensive line is more experienced than Syracuse's, and they bring back. A guy who's got a fun name to say, by the way, Yaya Diaby, 39 tackles, two sacks, seven quarterback hurries, so he's back. Yasir Abdullah, great linebacker, all ACC last year, led the team in sacks, 17 and a half tackles for a loss. I think he was top 20 in the country in sacks. He's great, so got to watch out for him but you have a quarterback in Schrader that can get out of trouble in passing situations, right? Clark's a great corner. Now, they brought in, I'm intrigued by this, and I hope I'm saying this right, Momo Sonogo, I believe is how you say his name. He was, was it Old Miss? He was that, guys, look that up for me. He transferred into Louisville. Louisville was busy in the transfer portal. He was an SC, I know he was in the SEC last year, comes in. They elected him captain. That's a pretty rare circumstance where a guy can come in and within a year he's got that C. So that shows you how talented they are at that position. 
Defensive lines, though, I mean, Syracuse is trying to find who is going to stand out there. That's you got to give Louisville the advantage there just because Syracuse has a brand-new defensive line. Linebackers, as good as those two names are that I mentioned, I'm absolutely going to give the edge to Syracuse. If anything, it's a wash, but I'll give the edge to Syracuse because I think Mikel Jones is just that good. So is Abdul, by the way. But I think, by and large, given I mean you have the top three tacklers back from last year's team at that position, they're in sync. And they're in a defense that allows them, I think, to do things more creatively. So I'll give a slight edge at linebacker to Syracuse. Secondary is absolutely in favor of Syracuse with Garrett Williams and Deuce Chestnut. Clark and Duncan are are talented guys in that Louisville secondary. But we were talking a couple days ago with Matt McGavin from Louisville Report. And the way he described the secondary, it was certainly kind of in progress. By the way, Sonago from Old Miss. Thank you for looking that up, boys. I knew he was an SEC guy. I just wanted to make sure we got that right. Special teams. I mean, Syracuse's special teams is rebuilding, but you have one of the best kickers in the country. I know Schmidt didn't live up to his usual standards a year ago, but I'd rather have him back than trying out a new kicker here in game one in an important ACC matchup. What huge advantage does Louisville have? over Syracuse, where that entitlement and that arrogance is coming from a lot of people in the Louisville media and their fan base. They're picking Syracuse? Other than recent history, I want to know what it is about this game, in this matchup, in this scenario, that makes you kind of thumb your nose at Syracuse. If anything, I hope that team feels that way. I hope that feeling is permeating from one way or the other, the team to the the public and the fans, or from the public and the fans to the team. Let them come to Syracuse Saturday night feeling that way, feeling good about themselves, and game on. Syracuse has 17 returning starters, a revived offense, a star at running back, NFL talent at several positions. Weaknesses at a couple, but name me a team that doesn't. I think the Dome, who cares what the numbers are? That place is going to be loud, and you got to keep it loud, depending on how the game goes. But Syracuse has a lot of things going for it in this game that they usually don't. So if Louisville wants to come in here and, and think like they're the high and mighty, bro, you got trucked by Kentucky and lost in, what is what was it, the Armed Services Bowl? You got a coach on the hot seat. What what am I missing here? I'll defer Malik Cunningham is as good as it gets. And if he comes in here and puts on another show, then I will bow and I will respect and I will say, I'm not worthy and you did it again. I I just don't get other. I'm talking about this game. If you're coming in with your nose up in the air based on what's happened in the last decade, fine. But... They don't determine wins and losses based on what happened in the last decade. The circumstances are different for this game. That's why I'm as excited about this Syracuse-Louisville game as I have about really any in the past because they they tip the scales even. Now, be careful what you wish for because in 2016, Louisville was the second game of the year, and, well, Lamar Jackson did some things that day. 
They made statues out of what Lamar Jackson did here that day. But that was Dino's first year, and I think the – I'm not trying to make excuses. Louisville has owned the series. I cannot get around that. But this is 2022. This is this game in this circumstance. And I know Vegas has them listed as a four-and-a-half-point favorite, but, man, you listen to some people talk in Louisville, it's like they're a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Come on now. Where's that coming from? And on that note, we will break. We will come back. We have given young Josh the assignment of giving us some over-unders and some other wagery-like things, I will put it, about Syracuse football. Let's have some fun with that next. Stay right there. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Josh has come in studio, not for the blind side, though. That awaits. I gave, uh, not that he's not busy enough, over there at the mighty Newhouse School of Communications. I gave Josh an assignment for today's show. You're bopping to this. Do you know who this is? No, but I'm you don't, you don't even know. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm enjoying it. Good. Is that I'm, not what counts? It's a great band. Great band. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Just, you should know these things. Anyway, I gave young Josh an assignment to come up with some, not only over unders, but some some wagery type things. Yes. Okay. Because what I texted Josh is, hey, can you do some over unders for today's sh- uh, show for the season? Yes. Right. Because we've done this the past few years. Seth would do it. Tommy and I would do it. So I passed the baton to you, and I said, okay, let's do some over unders. What I like that you did is you kind of took a step up and said, well, does it only have to be over unders? Well, here's the thing. I would have been fine just doing over unders. Yeah. But you said try to get a little more certain game specific. I'm like, yes. how am I going to do that for over-unders? And I thought, well, what if I do bet on which game they get a certain number of wins? Right. So we're going to so do I that So I said, use times. your imagination. Right? So this isn't the blind side I can ask. Yes. Now, is this more of a season overview or is this for this game? More of a season overview. Okay. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is today we'll do like the kind of season Overview if, thing. If you want me in with game props for tomorrow, I'd be happy to do it. I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. Right. I got homework. If anything, this is a good week to do it because it's a mixture of the season is at hand and they haven't played a game yet, so we're making some season-long predictions, but also we got to make some Louisville-specific predictions. Right. There you go. I just added some homework to your docket. There we you, go. You don't have enough of that. Love it. There you go. Just Appreciate read it. it. All right. Well, I got 10 things for you to bet on. Let's here, go. Brent. And we're keeping track of your record, Okay. Right? Uh, I mean, I'll leave that to you. I got it. I'm happy to do it. Um, I will leave that to you. First one. You know me in predictions. I don't like keeping track of them. <laughs> but I'm willing to do this because you can play along at home. Good. Sean Tucker, over under 1,549 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to say under. But. I believe it was 1496 1496 was the record last year. I feel like the number is going to be to be. I think he's going to break his record again. Okay. So it'll be more than fourteen ninety six, but I think below what you said. Okay. Now here's something. So that's cutting it pretty darn close. That could affect that. 
how much more is he involved in the passing game? I don't think they're going to be throwing to him 10 times a game, but I think he's going to be a little Keep bit in more mind, involved. I said rushing yards, not total yards. You said rushing yards, exactly. So how could that affect his rushing total? I don't think it will because I think he's just that good and he'll pile up the numbers. Louisville was one of the teams. Now, he had 95 yards. Let's not get crazy here. But Louisville, for what it's worth, was one of the teams he did not rush for 100 yards against last year. But I think that had more to do with the fact that they were down 35-3 at halftime than it had to do with anything with him. So there you go. But I will take the under on the number you gave. All right. Okay. Then the last Sean Tucker one for you here. Sean Tucker, to f- not to win the Heisman, because let's be a little more realistic here, to finish top 10 in Heisman voting, I'll go no at minus 350, yes at plus 275. Give me yes. All right. I'm, I'm just going to take good value there. I'm just going to take a yes. Give me the plus odds. Top 10? Mm-hmm. He could, he could finish top 10. Okay. It'd be tougher for him to wedge his way in there if Syracuse is 6-6. Six and six. But he will be, he has enough attention coming in. He will be on television enough. If he has a, a pop game or two against that really tough schedule, you know, play well against Clemson, play even Saturday night, opening week, get people's attention. He'll be on the radar enough that I, I feel like he could slip in there. All right. I'll take that. Moving on, we'll look at Garrett Schrader. I okay. believe the number in the limited time he had last year was around 1,400 total passing yards. Correct. So I'll give you 1,999.5 passing yards over under. I'm, I'm just I'm going to say over. I'm going to put my faith into the offense being more. I mean, they were 122nd in the country last year. There's nowhere to go but up. I feel like they're going to use the incremental passing game more. For the love of God, please throw the tight end. Get Gatson involved there, whoever's at that position. I'm going to say just by virtue of Robert and I offenses and what he's been able to to produce, that Trader, he's the starter from day one, which is a factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go over. All right. I'll go over. More to come on that tight end position in a minute, but first oh. I want to go to the oh. receivers. Okay. Which receiver are you going to pick to lead the team in receiving yards? You want Courtney Jackson at plus 200, Anthony Quilly at plus 275, Damian Alford at plus 375, or Devon Cooper at plus 800? Give me that one. Really? Yeah. Give me that one. Going I think for Cooper's, the value. All right. I, I'm going for value. I think Cooper has stepped up as a primary target. For Schrader, I think Jackson would be my other pick, but I'm going to go value there. Go Cooper. All right. It's so wide open at receiver. It could be any of those guys. Right. It could be a name you didn't even say. That, that's what I was getting nervous about. It could about. be C.J. Hayes. Uh, I was going like, to list the knows? field, too, but I decided not to. I hope it's Gatson. Give me, give me Cooper in, in the value pick. Moving on, I mentioned the tight end position. Let's take a look at it. Overall receptions by a tight end <laughs> over under seven and a half. For the year? For the year. Oh, give there me the There were five over. last year. Give me the over. There were five last year, Brett. They will definitely top that this year. All right. And I will be so happy about it. Uh, I know. It could I be will. wishful thinking on my part. Don't bet with your heart. Bet with my heart there. But I can tell you what the safest bet is, is that. If they go under on this one, I think we'll expect to hear about it, no? Oh, for sure. 
The fact that that's the number you draw, yep. the line you drew right there, it's pathetic. It was five last year. That's pathetic. Five. For the love of Pete, that's pathetic. Moving over to the defense that now. That better be over. That, we better bang the over on that one. I know some of you say hammer the over. I say bang the over. This is how I am. Got to mix in some love for smashing the over, too. Smash is also accepted. Speaking of which, will you be smashing the over on total sacks over under 31 and a half? No, under. Give me the under. All right. Where are they coming from? There's only so much pass rush you can do with your linebackers. What was the number last year? Was that the number last year? They had 36 last year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, give me the under. I don't think this is going to be a defense that piles up sacks. I do think, I don't even know if this is one of your questions, I do think they're going to have more turnovers this year. Because they only had four last year. I don't know if it was four turnovers. It was four interceptions I saw. They had had four total turnovers. And three of those four were Deuce Justin. That's not good. We'll get to that in a little bit. Second to last in the country. First of all, overall interceptions, over, under, six and a half. Under. Okay. A lot of pass breakups, but I don't think they're going to go over that total. There was only four last year. That's a big leap to say they're going to get three. Okay. And then who do you like to lead the team in interceptions? We got Garrett Williams Mm. at plus 125. Got Deuce Chestnut plus 150. Rob Hanna plus fourteen hundred, Jahard Carter plus twelve hundred, Elijah Clark. Plus That's a 1, great value pick because I feel like you're trying to stay away from those two corners, and Carter could kind of slip in there and uh-huh. take some of those. But to lead the team, yeah, I'm going to go Deuce again. All right. I-, I was questioning who should be the favorite on this one. I was kind of leaning towards Deuce. Everyone else said Garrett, but you're staying away from Garrett, which is to Deuce's credit, right? And his to gain. Interesting. All right. And here are the ones that I'm interested to see. So odds on when Syracuse picks up their fourth win. We'll go through every game from the fourth on. I have odds listed for them all. Okay. I'm going in order because this is the way I listed them. Virginia is the fourth game at plus 350. Wagner. So that means they're 4-0. and Right. Okay. 4-1 and would be Wagner at minus 110. NC State is next at plus 400, then Clemson plus 1,200, Notre Dame plus 1,000, Pitt plus yeah. 325. See, I think it's Wagner, but I don't get good odds on that. Right. Pitt plus 325. I'm just going to have to eat it. I'm, give You're me Wagner. Wagner. All right, we're going right early on and Wagner. I, just, I, don't get, I, don't get, right. I don't get the bonus in the, uh, in the units there, but that's when I think they're going to be 4-1. and one. Okay. Now, last one for you, sixth win. That's a tough ask to win your fourth game against NC State and then down the line. Yeah, That's how critical it is for this team. You've got two in the bank, UConn and Wagner. Find two in three games between Louisville, Purdue, and Virginia. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be and you're challenge. sitting pretty going into the, the gauntlet. Right. Now into that gauntlet, when would they pick up their sixth win? I'll start it off. No sixth win is going to be minus 160. Ooh. Minus 160 Ooh. for no sixth win. The Total for over-under wins was four and a half. So no sixth win. I thought minus 160 was fair. So we'll go in order now. And I said six and six. Why am I determining when they win that six game? Okay. Week six would be NC State plus 600. Okay. Then we got Clemson plus 2,500. Okay. Notre Dame plus 2,200. No. Pitt plus 500. Right there. FSU plus 350. No, right there. Give me me FSU plus 350. FSU. I like like those odds. So they'll be six and four. 
Yes. All right. Give me that. All right, plus 350. There's your... Well, no, your big juice was on uh, on Devon Cooper to get the That's my big juice. yards leader. That's my big right. juice. Looking at eight units there. Do you have any pick of those you want to put multiple units on? I do not. I'm going to be conservative okay. to start off. I'm probably going to have to do that as we go along the way to get back to where, you know, from underwater, if you will. But I like that. Good stuff. Good. So Glad we'll, you enjoyed it. I we'll, had a good time with that we'll one. We'll do that uh, for for each game, too. Right? Or sure. is that too much on your plate? I don't know if I'm going to give you 10 for every game. Should we give that but to Matt, who's going to be helping us out on Wednesdays, too? Or? We can do a collaborative effort. You, you guys can collaborate on that. I'll tell you Take right now, little... though, you're not getting 10 every game. Well, why not? It's a lot. we got to make this a segment. Five can be a segment, no? It's true. we really got to stretch Armstrong, though. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure out the right number. It's kind of like the blind side, which is coming up, because... On Mondays, we always claim we're going to get to 10 questions, and we never do. Right, so we treat this just like a make blindside. make a list. 10, que- 10 props for opening the season, like it's a Monday, but and five then five for every game. I can do that. I can make a segment out of five. Because that's literally what it is for blindside. I may have to dip into my acting skills a little bit and hem and haw on something a little bit more than I would, I would think I would do, but I'm willing to compromise there. Have a couple extra okay. bonus just in case. All right. But I won't make you do 10. How about that? Okay. Seven. Seven's a good number. We'll Seven's do seven. a good compromise. We'll do seven. Okay. There you go. Live negotiations on the radio. We'll break. We'll come back, and Josh will stick around and take us on the blind side. Stay right there.